0: You listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right, now, joined by Jason Shear, I am merely Mike Luke. We've got a lot to get to this show. But first, we are going to talk a little bit about the national media right here as it pertains to the University of Arizona. And I'm gonna give my opinion here first, and then I'm gonna let Shear, who has been a uh, who's basically been the frontline soldier, the William Wallace, if you will. Of the uh, the fight against uh, ESPN and national uh, bias slash lying, here's what Seth Greenberg said a little bit earlier. Uh, um, a little bit earlier, for all the small minded, self absorbed at Arizona men's basketball trolls, he quote he t- uh, he tags Arizona twice in case they didn't see it the first time. Um, Last week's player of the week's all had huge impacts on their team. And for JTT, a return after a brutal injury. Sorry, the world of college basketball is bigger than Arizona men's basketball. All right. That to me is rich coming from the guy that's literally famous for his team never making the NCAA tournament and every single year complaining about a bias in the committee against him. But even more so than that. Forget Greenberg for a second. The reason people are distrustful of the national media and ESPN is they've literally been caught lying time and time again, and they never correct anything. They never say, oops, are bad. That's where it is, and that's where I give the leadoff bat to Jason Shear. I
1: mean, the, the thing is, like, Arizona fans don't trust ESPN to begin with, and then you have one of their main on-air personalities being like, look, I don't really care that he went for 40-9. and nine. That's basically what Seth Greenberg is saying. Meanwhile, he has a guy in there. You know, I I like the JTT story on Baylor. Cool story. You want to put him there, that's fine. But Juju Reese had 16 points. That's it. 16 points. Cool. You know, Julius DeBellis had literally one of the best performances of the entire season. And it's like it never happened. I mean, Dick Vitale did the same thing with his awards. And the guy he gave it to, he spelled the wrong name. He didn't even have the right player. And so it's like, look. Arizona fans already think, in my opinion correctly, that ESPN doesn't like them. And then you take the next step this week, and it's like, come on, guys. I mean, we're at a point where it's just ridiculous.
0: Well, it's ridiculous, too, on a number of fronts, because, again, Seth Greenberg, of all people, and they know what they're doing right there. He knows he works for ESPN. He knows why Arizona fans don't trust ESPN, because they literally almost brought down the entire program. The other thing that I think drives people up a wall is that, You know, the whole Sean Miller thing came out, and yes, Book Richardson got popped, for sure, no doubt about it. But the NCAA didn't find anything at the top levels right there, and it's like that wasn't reported. And I'll tell you one thing. I have texts from Mark Schleybach saying that he would come on this podcast after everything was adjudicated. Well, Mark is not responding to any of my texts anymore, and I'm doubting that he changed his phone number. So that's kind of where we're at, and that's why
1: people are pissed. Do you remember when we, we sat together in radio and I texted Dick Vitale with Yes, you? I do. He said, I'll go on your podcast. I was like, oh man, this is it. And right. then an hour later he goes, Oh, my agent said uh I'm uh, I'm busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my agent said I'm busy. It's like, dude, we want five minutes. You spent a lot of time bashing the University of Arizona. Now, you know, and it and you know, honestly, I think if people were to just say, you know what, we got it wrong. Um, I trusted the wrong person. You know, like Seth Greenberg could easily come out tomorrow and say, listen, man, and he won't do it, obviously. The Schleybach report was trash. Um, I shouldn't have fallen for it. I did. My bad. And honestly, I think that Arizona fans would be somewhat forgiving in that in that regard. Now, Schleybach's never, never going to be forgiven. But if people that heard him, uh, you know, that just went with it, I think people would forgive that sheer.
1: The only guy I know for a fact that called Sean up since this whole thing was Fran Fischilla and he apologized to Sean. And he said, I went with the people around me. I was wrong. I apologize. And that was pretty, it wasn't recent, but it was pretty soon after the whole allegation was proven wrong. Like he didn't drag it out or anything. Um, So that's kind of, they're, they're cool, but I don't think anyone else on ESPN, even forget going on TV. I don't think anyone called Sean and was like, I'm sorry, or we screwed up or anything like that. And, you know, it, like you said, Schlaubach is a lost cause, but if Jay Billis went on TV and was like, you know what, looking back on it, I screwed up, we had the wrong information, I apologize, It would it would go a long way with most right. fans, but they just won't do it. It's just ESPN's philosophy, basically, not to apologize for that stuff. All right, now we've talked about we have our growing fan base right here.
0: MP, one of the new Lithuanian fans on the podcast, been waiting for hours. Let's go, bear down. Also, back the A and uh, Korea right here, nine forty in Estonia. We love having our Estonian friends and our Lithuanian friends. You've been very good to us. But let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, first the uh, Lithuanian and then the Estonian. Um, you mentioned the Julius Tabellus. He was. If he, I don't care how it happens. I don't care. This has. He has to be a first-team All-American. Um, again, I get that there's other players you have to put on there. Zach Eady to me is the National Player of the Year. I have no problem with that. A good buddy of mine said that Umar Ballo would eat him alive. I don't believe that. I love Umar Ballo, but Zach Eady to me is the best player in the country. But right after that, Azulis Tabellis is right there. He has to be a first-team All-American
1: in my pick. My pick. Yeah, I mean it's. Zach Eadie's the Player of the Year. I won't even argue against it. I, 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 you know, if you want to really dig down and try to make a case, whatever. But he's going to win Player of the Year, and I'm perfectly cool with it. Julius Zubelis, to me, is the second best player in the country. Yes, he, because when it when it gets down to it, there has to be something said for consistency. And Julius puts up those numbers every single game. Like Trace Jackson Davis, people are are on all over him. But early in the season, he wasn't putting up numbers. Julius puts up numbers every single game. He hasn't really had a bad game. And his performance against Oregon was maybe for the first time where I, I saw him play and I said, this dude's different. And he's put up like 25. And, and sure, that games. was an easy 42. That's yeah. what's crazy about it. That's one of the best performances I've ever seen because you're looking at him and Oregon's trying and everything Zoo does just looks easy. And it's very rare you see a performance like that. And I don't know. How you watch a performance like that and go, okay, this this dude is he's different. And to me, it's Zach Edey, Julius Tabellis, and I don't really care about the rest because it's them too. Totally agree with that. Now
0: we're going to talk about. We're going to keep talking about and talk about our Estonian friends as well. Right now, but first, OGs. You might have saw my tweet. EGs in Tucson stinks now. It's not good anymore. Um, I gave it another shot. Not impressed at all. I will not say that about OGs, though. Go to your local dispensary, 21 and up, Arizona only, um, and uh, uh, you can get Sativas, Indicas, you name it, they've got it right there. OGs for if you're like sheer and you sleep until 12 and you don't need it, but if you want to have some fun during the day, get OGs and the Four Peaks. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, what's the Four Peaks? Thanks for asking. The Four Peaks right here have been uh, the official brew of PHNX, but... On top of that, you can also – the Four Peaks have been mentioned by Matt Muehlbach and uh, many others on broadcasts. but the original Four Peaks is the brew of PHNX Sports. You can get it at our tap and bottle watch parties February 11th. Would love to see you there. All right, now let's talk about Kirk Kreese right here. Um, the thing with Kirk Creese is this, is that we're kind of at the point now where I think it's fair to say that he's never going to be a high-percentage shooter but, man, he is somebody that you want on your side. He is somebody that you want on your team. And I'm not just speaking for Tommy Lloyd there. I'm speaking for a lot of people. Not that yeah. Tommy Lloyd cares what I say. But
1: <laughs> you know the thing with him is even though he's not going to be a high percentage shooter, he's still going to go on little streaks like we've seen the last two weeks because he his form is there. He's not it, it, he's kind of a weird deal because it looks right every time it comes off his hand. But for whatever reason, but the last two weeks, he's shooting like fifty percent. But, the thing with him is he'll he'll go to war for you, like he'll he'll and 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 he'll run. I I don't think he gets enough credit for running one of the best offenses right. in the country, and, and that's the thing. People look at the shooting numbers and all that, but at the end of the day, he is one of the winningest point guards in the country over the last two years, and he runs one of the best offenses in the country. Stats be damned, he he he. There is a considerable difference in how smooth the offense runs when he's on the court versus when he's off it. Right, and looking next year a little bit, and
0: again, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But if he were to come back, it's an interesting backcourt next year because I don't care what happens, Kylan Boswell starting. I don't, you know, wherever he is, Kylan Boswell and Kirk Crease is kind of an interesting little backcourt right there. And you made the point too that Kirk Crease. The the stats and the numbers don't really indicate just how much of a better he is or this team is when he's on the court. He and the synergy that uh, uh, he and Tabellus have together is fantastic. It's next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, the pick and roll with Zoo, like like we mentioned the Oregon game, they were doing that all game. And if you watch them, they they work together perfectly. And I know that the, the bad shooting nights are frustrating. And he's going to have games where he turns over the ball a little bit too much. But it, it, you kind of just take it, you know, <laughs> because right. there's going to be games also where he is absolutely fantastic. And Arizona goes and scores 90 points because he's running the offense to perfection. And so you got to kind of take the bad, knowing that there's going to be more good along the way. All right. Now
0: I promised that we would get to all the Estonians. Now let's
1: talk about uh Henry
0: Vesar and my guy, Dylan Anderson, your adopted guy, Dylan Anderson, right there. I like seeing more, I like seeing the bench emptied out a little bit here. I get that you're going with a seven-man rotation now. You start tightening it up. Luke did this. Sean Miller did this. Every coach does it. But I do like getting these guys' minutes when you can because I don't feel that any three of these guys are lost causes. As a matter of fact, um, and I've been ridiculed on your board a lot, I think Dylan Anderson is going to be a multi-year starter, and I have not at all given up on Adama Ball. As a matter of fact, I like Adama Ball. I'm still in on Adama Ball. Is Jason Shear in on all three of these players?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, it, it, a, a big reason why is I, I believe Tommy Lloyd at his work, right? A lot of coaches BS you. I don't feel like Tommy Lloyd's one of these guys. He's told and, us that off record. Right, and he's told us that, and and he said, look, you know, it's it may take one, two, three years, but he'll get to where we want him to be and where he wants to be. And it's different because in this day and age, a lot of teams say, you're not good enough after a year, get off the team. Tommy Lloyd's different. He's going to develop guys. He's going to take guys that maybe aren't ready right away, but he's looking down the road a few years later. He's saying this guy is going to be really good. And it's a different feeling from Sean Miller and from a lot of other coaches throughout the country, because there's development going on in Arizona where there isn't other places. And I don't think Dylan Anderson, Vesar, or Ball, I don't think any of them are, are lost causes. It just may not happen as soon as everybody wanted it to happen.
0: Right. Um, now let's see Was hoping for news about the four peaks. Uh, that's the four P that's the only thing we can give you right there. My guy in the four peaks, but again, four peaks all the way in Estonia and Lithuania, get the movement going. Um, now let's talk a little bit about uh, before we switch back to this year's team. I got to let's do a little bit of recruiting talk because I always forget about this, but when we have the dawn of recruiting on, by the way, big shout out to Jason Shear right now, our, for being the uh, uh, the only guy to mention, to my knowledge, the new cornerbacks coach for the U of A. We will get to that. But again, Sheer, let me see you pat yourself on the back. That was good work. All right, nice stuff. All right, Dodon Thomas, um, uh, top 40 point guard out of Las Vegas, was at the U of A this past week. Uh, the fans were chanting, or the student section was chanting to Don. Um, Obviously, it's been interesting um, because you've got Houston right in there. His father is a UNLV great where does Arizona stand right now with the top 40 point guard out of Las Vegas?
1: I would say that Arizona's biggest competition is Houston, but UNLV and UCLA are very much in the picture. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's wide open, but he's, he's given each school a legitimate look. Um, Arizona is being really negatively recruited right now because of Boswell and how good Boswell is. That's a it's good thing. It's a positive and a negative at the same right. time, but They have to overcome that. And the other schools really don't, but Arizona feels and and some feedback from Thomas is that the visit this past weekend went really well.
0: Okay. And again, he, again, he would not be coming in this year. He'd be coming in the following year. So there would be a little bit of a, uh, there'd be a little bit of a buffer zone right there, but if you're Arizona and you got Kurt Creason coming back and you got Kylan Boswell, there really is no reason for, uh, um, you know, to need to Don Thomas. Now, Thierry Darlin, I know what you're gonna say on this, but every time I announce you're coming on, I get generally two to three D uh DMs, not the sexy DMs, the question DMs, asking me to ask you, is there anything new?
1: No, it is gonna be Arizona or the G League, from what I understand. Um, it, it's too close to call right now. I don't want to like I could say Arizona, I'm leaning Arizona right now. And if it doesn't happen, people will kill me. So right now it is it is too close to call. All right. Now let's talk. Let's talk now
0: going forward and where Arizona is in the grand scheme of things. But first, tap and bottle, February 11th. Join us there at six o'clock. We would love to see you there. Tap and bottle watch parties. While somebody like Jason Shear is uh, furiously typing away his game notes, which I tell him don't need to be done, but he does them anyway. We will be there yelling at the screen, drinking some Four Peaks. We'd love to see you up there. Tap and bottle downtown and illegal Pete's. Uh, anybody that's under the age of 40 knows about illegal Pete's high energy, good food. Even our good friend, Ben White has gotten action at, uh, illegal Pete's from time to time. If it works for Ben, it can work for you. Check it out. Good food, good drinks. (laughs) Check out the show notes and the link in the description. I'm sorry, Ben, you know, I love you. All right. Now let's get back to, uh, um, let's get back uh, to next, uh, well, some of these questions here, um, Actually, oh, they're asking about Lithuanian basketball podcasts. I can't. I don't. I have any info on that. Um. All right. So Arizona right now is ranked fourth in the nation. I look at teams around the country, and Arizona can beat absolutely any one of these teams. I know Purdue's number one. Purdue to me still is very beatable. Now I don't believe that Umar Bala will eat Zach Eadie alive like others might, but Purdue's beatable. Um, A team like Texas worries me a little bit. Anybody that's got physical athletic guards, um, I think can cause some problems for Arizona Houston, but there's not a team out there sheer where I'm like, Oh, no chance. They play them. Not one team.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're at the point of the year where whenever I watch another game, I compare them to Arizona. And, and like you mentioned, I don't see a team where I go, Oh crap. Even Houston, I think Arizona is better equipped to handle that style of play um this year than it was last year i think last year I was kind of shocked by it this year it won't be but um you know you take a look and, and a lot of times it will say oh the NCAA's tournament's open and it winds up not being that open this year feels like it's it's going to be a wild tournament because like you mentioned Purdue's number one deserves to be number one but very beatable houston's beatable hasn't played well the last few weeks and every team down the line you know if i'm looking the teams that would bother me or, or scare me a little bit as an arizona fan are those teams with athletic wings, like Miami, even watching them last night? I know they're top 15 or whatever, and Arizona's rated higher, but Miami has athleticism. They have scores. They're really good offensively. That would be the type of team that I wouldn't want to see early in the tournament.
0: Is there a team in the country that has bigger, better wins than Arizona right now? And just to rehash here, you got Tennessee, which is very good. You got UCLA, which is very good. You've got Indiana from the juggernaut that is the Big Ten. Then you've got Creighton. You got San Diego State. These are all teams that are in the top 25. Um, I will put that against anybody because, quite frankly, the uh, quad one wins of Purdue beating Ohio State and Michigan State do absolutely nothing for me.
1: Yeah, you know, to me, no. Like, when you look at at the best wins in the country, I mean, Texas has the Big 12 wins. But you take a look at some other schools in, in its neutral court. And And the one thing that people take away from Arizona is they weren't on the road. There's no big – true road win um but you know it, it, looking back at it it's like you you look around at even purdue purdue has is nine and two in quad one i think but there's no win that you go oh crap like that was right. it alabama lost to gonzaga early in the year and, and you know yukon and
0: alabama is a team alabama is a team that if i were to go with one team that i would not like to yeah. play in the tournament would be alabama sorry go I, ahead Sure.
1: no i agree with that i think yeah well, i mean we both agreed a couple weeks ago alabama was the best team in the country i'm not sure I feel differently right now than I did back then, but uh, you take a look at Arizona's best wins and stack them up and they're And they have, they have the best wins and it's just going to come down to, does the committee look at the best wins or are they going to focus on losses? And you never really know which, which way they're going to go. Tommy Lloyd,
0: I put it out there the other day. I, he won't get it. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Matt painter or a tang will get it, but you could make a very, very strong case that Tommy Lloyd should be the national coach of the year for the second year in a row, two out of two.
1: Yeah, I absolutely think you could make a case. He won't get it. You know, it'll it'll go to Jerome Tang, like you mentioned. I wouldn't be surprised if like Roddy Terry on Texas got votes because of the whole situation right. and, and how well they have played. But for Tommy Lloyd to lose three NBA picks, reload, compete to win the conference and have a one seed again, it's almost unheard of because it's not like he went to the transfer portal and landed a bunch of stars and rebuilt his team. He pretty much developed guys. He added Ramey and Cedric Henderson, but those aren't like first round draft picks. He The ability to get a guy like Umar, you know, to, to improve the way, to, to make the right moves and all that. He absolutely, and we were discussing this a few weeks ago. I think this year's coaching job is more impressive than last year's coaching job because of everything that happened.
0: Yeah, I do too. And look at the starting lineup right now. Kirk Carissa, I don't care what Mike Schmidt says, and this is not a diss towards Kirk Carissa, Mike Schmidt, or Mike Schmitz. Uh, Kirk Carissa is not going to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I would be stunned if he did. I don't care what Schmidt says. Courtney Rainey's not playing in the NBA. Pella Larson's not playing in the NBA. Zoo's got a real chance. Umar Ballo, to me, is not playing in the NBA either. So you've got one guy that we look at, and he's not going to be a high pick by any means, uh, uh, Julius Debellis. Um And it's like generally, you know, when you have teams like this, you look around, you're like, there's an NBA guy. There's an NBA guy. I mean, heck, we saw it last year. We saw it with Sean Miller. We've seen it with Lute Olson. That to me is what's really unique because you might only have one NBA guy on this roster outside of Dylan Anderson, my bad.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And, and the fact that you go from three guys to two lottery, and then and Ben Mathern is the NBA Rookie of the Year, and you lost him, and you somehow found a way to replace his productivity. I mean, it is... It is as impressive as any coach in the country. I just don't think he'll win the award. It'll probably go to the guys that we mentioned. Now, let's move over to football for a second. But
0: first, Mountain Mike's Pizza. Sheer has been to Mountain Mike's Pizza, correct? I have. What did you think? Only tell me if you think it was good.
1: Yeah, not bad. All right, okay. Oracle and Wetmore,
0: check it out again. I am not Mountain Mike. He is Mountain Mike has much more money than I do, even though I've never met Mountain Mike. Uh, check it out though. Good pizzas, good setup, great place to watch the game. Great place to watch sheer tweet throughout the game if you're really into that. Um, check it out though. Oracle and Wetmore, uh, great pizza, and they'll probably be at the tap and bottle watch party this Saturday also. Octane Raceway in Scottsdale. Let's say you're like Sheer, and you got an adult, you got uh, one daughter that's an adolescent, the other one that's creeping up in there, Sheer, and they want to say, you know, and they say, Dad, I want to go uh, have a good time this weekend. Octane Raceway is where you go. You go up to Scottsdale. You can get into uh, race cars. You can play pool, bowling, good food, good drink. You name it, they've got it. Check out Octane Raceway in Scottsdale. All right, real quick, Uh, TJ uh, Van Marter. I think Ballo could be a back-end rotation play. His physicality and skill around the rim have improved considerably. I agree with that, but my standard is kind of Kofi Kofi Coburn, um, I guess is how it's pronounced. You can say it. It's Kofi Cockburn.
1: Come on, let's be honest here.
0: Um, There's no such thing as a silent CK in any – there's just no such thing. But (laughs) that to me is kind of the – the comparison right there and if he couldn't really make it i just don't see how ballo could but i would love to be wrong
1: yeah i i would be surprised but i mean who knows you know the his improvement from last year to this year is wild so maybe next year i i would hope that he returns to college next year and tries to kind of keep on going in the right direction
0: all right now let's get to the arizona football right here since we last talked Dwayne Aquina is now on as an analyst. I think we can safely say that Dwayne Aquina is easily the most qualified football analyst the world has ever seen. And you got a new defensive backs coach. Tell us what we need to know about the defensive backs coach, Mr. Breaking News left and right guy.
1: So he he is a a legitimately good coach. He was part of the whole Rolo thing where they fired a bunch of coaches at Washington State. And he's a guy that when the job opened up, there were a few seven-on-seven programs that right away – tweeted you know arizona should look at john richardson and, and the right. reason is because he's connected in socal and he's a legitimately good coach so you got a good coach and a guy that's gonna put arizona and socal even more um i like to hire a lot and he's not gonna you know ruffle any feathers or anything like that good guy high reviews really nice hire And the fact that they could add akina as an analyst who will eventually get on the field because of the ncaa rules I mean, it's a it's a big win. for.
0: Can, can you explain that a little bit right there? Because I'm still a little confused by that as well. What is the deal with an analyst now and about being able to get onto the field?
1: So they're going to pass a rule. It's expected. I don't know when, but the expectation is they're going to pass a rule that basically allows analysts to work with players. Right now, analysts can only supposedly legally watch film and do that. But right. um, now the expectation and Jed Fitch said it, too, is they're going to pass a rule that allows analysts to be on the field during practice and and actually work with guys. If that rule wasn't getting passed, I think Aquino is probably just the cornerbacks coach, but the fact that that rule is getting passed, allowed them to hire him as an analyst and then hire a cornerbacks coach and have them work together.
0: All right. I got beat up by a lot of Utah fans yesterday, and I don't know why this thread is still going on, but there's been 40,000 views to something that I thought was dumb, but whatever. Um, my my Pac-12 South power rankings, and again, I realize there's no Pac-12 South. I don't care. My rankings, not theirs. Um, here's what I got, shared. Tell me where you think that I'm wrong here. We've got, I've got uh, uh, USC at number one. I got Utah at number two. I am back in the A at number three right there. I look for a big improvement. UCLA four, Colorado five, ASU a distance six. Doesn't need to even be talked about.
1: Um, am
0: I being fanboy right there by putting Arizona third?
1: I don't think so. I mean, UCLA is introducing a new quarterback, and and I know he's really good, but it's still a freshman quarterback. Colorado still has to improve. ASU, we don't know. I mean, 46 new players is insane. We have no idea how it'll work out. I think USC is clearly one, and Utah is clearly two. Um, Maybe they're close, uh, but you made the mistake. You picked against Utah in any way, shape, or form, and they're coming at you.
0: Yeah, and it's dumb, hard. too, because, again, I think they're a top 10 to 15 team. I just don't think they're USC. And, oh, by the way, guess who agrees with me? Las Vegas. Take that, Salt Lake City fan.
1: Yeah, it's you dumb. can't mess with Utah fans, man. Any Anything is a sign of disrespect. They're, they're coming for everything you've got.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I, I appreciate the passion. Now, let's talk about the Big 12 Visa a the Pac-12 a little bit. We have the great Dave Hickey on, my guy, your guy, and he talked about, you know, all kinds of, you know, different things and whatnot. What I also take away from this, though, is that uh, uh, our Land and Marchand both now. Um, I'll let you explain who they are, but they're getting a little nervous now about a possible deal being done. What's the latest on that front from those guys right there? Because they're pretty connected. This isn't Canzano and Wilner.
1: Yeah, those guys to me are the, the best in the business. Um, you know, it's- who are they again? Explain who are they again? uh they're just they're they're sports business writers. So like this is what they do. Andrew on right. John or, and this is like this is their job. This isn't like columnists just that uh, dipping into it. Like this is what they do. They have a fantastic podcast. It, it, the general feeling among people that would know is the longer this takes the scarier it gets because eventually you're you're now moving closer to where it's a year. You're a year away from from getting into, you know, the no contract territory. And, and so Basically, what they're saying is when you get to a certain point, schools are going to get itchy because they're going to try to secure what's best for them. And so if the longer this goes, the more dangerous it gets for the Pac-12.
0: Arizona and the Big 12 would just be absolutely fantastic. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. I watched last night Kansas and uh, Texas thinking about home and homes with them. Then you got, I mean, in other schools, too, you don't even think about. It. Kansas State is awesome now. Iowa State is awesome. I Baylor. I mean that is the that is the conference of basketball champions right there, Jason Shear.
1: Yeah, you know we always laugh like the Big Ten gets ten teams in and all that. The, the Big Twelve is the best conference in America. It, it's not even by a mile. And, like you're going on the road at Kansas and following it up with on the road at you know Iowa Texas Shader, and then Kansas State, State and then Iowa Texas. State
0: and Baylor and
1: you just you. That's another team, by the way. I don't want Arizona facing the way they're playing lately.
0: You have come around. Jason Shear, big mistake right there.
1: Yeah. You're in. You're in on Scott uh, Drew. Yeah. I mean, he's a good coach. That's a good team. And, uh, yeah, that's another one of those athletic, freaky athletic teams I don't want to see.
0: Tell your boy Dave Heakey to make it happen. The streets want it. Trust me, Dave knows very well where I where I stand on that. Oh, Nick Howard in the air, the great Nick Howard. By the way, congratulations, a father again, Nick. You are the beast, one of the all time people here back in the A. All big. This is a crazy stat. All twelve Big Twelve teams are in the top seventy of net. That's 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 wild, right there. All right, now um, before we sign off, there Arizona football though, I put the over under. Not Vegas, I put the over under at six wins. What do you put it at? Would you go over? Would you go under? And you can't say push.
1: Uh, I would, I mean, if I can't say push, I'd go over. I think seven is more likely than five. So you're back in the eight to seven wins right there. I need a bowl game, Mike. I'm tired of sitting home and I want to go to a random, meaningless bowl game. All right, sheer. Now, I'm gonna let you plug
0: yourself right. Oh, that sounded terrible. Um, but uh all right. <laughs> Wildcat Authority, the number one. (laughs) The the number one.
1: I'm going to plug myself on the internet. Don't Google that. Please don't. We won't be making one of those short
0: clips of that. Um, But again, uh, joking aside, this is the best place to be out there. Um, You know, as far as uh, interaction, I'm on there harassing people, getting people upset. Shears there breaking news. What. what do, you, what do you got? What deals do you got going on right now Sure?
1: Uh Wildcat Authority. No deals right now. We'll probably have a deal coming up, March Madness and all that. But uh, <laughs> um, that is if we're allowed on air again after this. But, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And then we have a podcast, uh, Wildcat Scoot, me and Shelby. Make sure you listen to that. We preview all the games and everything. By the way, the great
0: Ricky Garrett uh, dubbed the, the her nickname. Have you been running with this on the podcast?
1: Yeah, she's, she's telling everyone. The streets are hot with that nickname.
0: The queen of wildcat authority. There is nothing better than that. That also sounds like somebody not to mess with. Oh, by the way, back the plug. Uh, That's (laughs) all right. On that note, everybody out there really appreciate you. Oh, Andre Veris, one really quick question. This is a good one. Um, UCLA basketball fans or Utah football fans? Who's worse?
1: I think UCLA basketball. Like all I did was tweet after the game, like a stat. And before you knew it, I was getting like death threats. It was, it wasn't good.
0: Oh, by the way. I am in on this. We were talking about this last night. Here's what all Arizona fans should be rooting for is, and again, this is kind of this. Basically, it's because of my hatred of the national media and ESPN supersedes UCLA. We need UCLA. We need Arizona to win out except maybe once against UCLA because that would ensure them the number one seed out West. We don't have to worry about anything like that. Then UCLA would possibly have an opportunity to be a number one seed somewhere else. And the college basketball national elite would blow up in the process.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine two Pac-12 teams with one seed? They wouldn't know what to do themselves. It'd be amazing. Well, quote Jay Billis, you just can't do it. Just can't Damn happen. It. Impossible. Right. All right. He's
0: Jason Shear. I'm Mike Luke. As always, really appreciate all of you. Our fans from Lithuania and Estonia, appreciate all your input. Keep spreading the word. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We got, Rhino, we got Ryan Hansen coming on. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.